Hello and welcome to another episode of The Koshcast on underthekoshpod.com and at under underscore the kosh on Twitter. My name is Alex. Mohamed is here. Hello. And Bernie is here. Hello, hello. That's two hellos to Mohamed's one. Hey, hey. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nigerian <laughs> races into a lead. The, the second hello is being looked at at VAR. I think it's going to get chalked off. Okay. We proceed at 1-1, one, one, boys. We proceed at 1-1. One, one. <laughs> how is everyone? Mohamed, how are you, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. I was, um, I was just talking to you guys about how my tolerance for the outdoors has dropped big time. Right. Um, yeah, I'm just tired. Like, I do the smallest thing outdoors now, and I'm exhausted. Is, so, is it just, like, the general anxiety of being around other people? No, it's literally just my energy levels are so now in tune with the indoor life that I'm not suited for the, especially now that Toronto's like 30 plus degrees. Um, so I feel like I've been inside for four months, and now that I'm starting to step out a bit more, I'm just too exhausted for it. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. And I, I also appreciate it. As someone who hates, like, really bad heat i really appreciate you being from egypt and also hating it like you should yeah. be built for it but it doesn't that doesn't seem at to be the case at the start for the first few years i was but 12 years in now like 10 <laughs> degrees i'm in a i'm in a shorts and t-shirt you know 20 something i'm like sweating see this is why canada works man people integrate <laughs> yeah, they assimilate <laughs> to the weather bernie how are you man first father's day how's that good man it was really good uh i got everything i asked for uh and by that i mean my son actually kicking the ball and looking like someone with technique unlike uh unlike daniel james or someone like that but we'll, we'll get there <laughs> later uh yeah but it's fun we're having we're having a lot of fun uh it's like mo said tiring though oh my god trying to do this in this heat Ooh, oh boy that's been an agent for a week and is exhausted <laughs> 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 all right you know what else has been going on for just about a week oh man i'm good i'm boiling like um i don't know if we talked about yeah we, i think we mentioned that i moved house recently and so it's an old house there's no ac um so we have like those window units right a i'm paranoid about the hydro bill so i'm like turning them off and turning them on again and turn it you know and b they're so loud that like i can't have it on now because it's all you would hear Right, but keep in mind, I mean, were you paying hydro in your last place? Yeah, but it was so minimal. But I was going to say, hydro is actually less than you always think it's going to be. Like, you really reduce your lifestyle for, like, maybe $5 a month. Like, you know what I mean? It's not, (laughs) the the risk-reward is not worth it. Because I've tried to do that, and then I started to realize it is so not worth it. You you know why? You know why? It's because, like, 4% of your hydro bill is the energy you use, and 96% is, like, delivery fee and general other <laughs> fees you're paying the same amount a month <laughs> yeah. regardless of what you're using the the thing is that what alex is actually doing like when he says he's turning it on and off again really what the guy is doing is he's watching the game turned off the stupid sound that they have there turn on his ac <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's, his, that's his stadium sound <laughs> there are actually worse ideas there are actually worse ideas oh actually before we before we get into football while we're talking about bills this cracked me up so um you guys, do you guys have gas bills? No, I do. Okay, so is yours Enbridge? It is Enbridge. Okay, so the bill came through, right? Pops into my inbox. I'm like, $65. We've been living here like a week. What the hell is going on, right? So I call them. I'm like, we, we've been here a week. How's, how's our bill $65? And she just goes, 
Oh yeah, that's an estimate based on past, past, past consumption. And we have someone that comes out every other month and then like they'll do a reading and correct it if there's been a mistake. Oh <laughs> man. Excuse, excuse me. When, when you're in a house itself, what they do is even like for your water bill, they send you a bill and then afterwards they say, send us your, um, your meter reading or whatever, if they don't have a smart reader. And then they just give you a credit. Bro, the last two months, I got like 200 bucks off each time. Right? <laughs> why, can't, why can't they just read it first and then you pay? Because there's too many places and they're not enough employees. So, but, but what they do give you the option to do, it turns out, is like you can do the reading yourself, which is really easy. You just look at the thing and then just tell them and then they do it. But it's like, if you don't put that effort in, they just guess and then fix it later. <laughs> it's so that's funny. hilarious. I actually have no idea that's how it works. It really uh, is. That's funny. very, very funny. Anyway, well, uh, that's, that's enough domestic, domestic crap, I'm sure. Uh, football has been back for a week. And I, I have to be honest, it's made me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I told you guys, like, I was not, I didn't care and I wasn't watching it and I really wasn't. Now I'm like, Ooh, fantasy scores. Ooh, what highlights? I'm watching every freaking thing. And it's like, I wasn't interested in anything else but Premier League, but the Premier League is that gateway drug that like mm-hmm. makes me interested in everything else. I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I actually wish it never restarted for obvious reasons. <laughs> and it's just because, it's just because like my, actually, I started to realize how much easier it is to schedule my time without trying to shoehorn in Premier League games. You know what I mean? It used to be like, every time I watched that something, I'd be like, yeah. Because I don't care about anything else getting overlapping with her plans other than the football. So when there was no football, it was so easy to go, yep, we'll do that. Yep, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll do that. Now it's like one sec. Let me see this game on like 2 p.m. on a Saturday that completely, you know, eats into all her plans (laughs) that she wants to do. Then I sit there and, you know, we're getting pummeled by City 3. No. So it's just like. This is a complete waste of everybody's time. Mine, and actors, she's, and everybody. <laughs> she's like, you made us miss the thing for this? <laughs> yes. The, the best thing is, too, like, there's not going to be any break between the end of this season and the start of the next one. And there's games, like, every day. Every day now. It's insane. And at gl- yeah, glorious I mean, times, apparently. <laughs> like, I have to make sure all my meetings are scheduled accordingly. At 1 p.m., oh, yeah. like, don't talk to me. I'm watching <laughs> Yeah, I've already gone in and put and put meeting invites for like Thursday and whenever the games are, just to make sure. Uh, add me to the meeting. Huh? Add, add me to add Buddy and I to oh, the meeting. Yeah, yeah well, I'll just invite well. you guys. It's, it's, it's all Zoom now anyway, so might as well. <laughs> you just say you, you have an external client. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we got to talk business. Go ahead. I was going to say let's let's examine the uh, the source of your pain. Um, you know, and mine too, but I, I don't seem to have taken it as hard as you, mostly because my expectations were, were through the floor. Um, Arsenal have played two games since the league started. The first one, Manchester City. Now, this was, this was obviously going to be a loss, but <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was more disastrous than that. It was, well, you're right. Like, okay, if you're a realistic Arsenal fan, you're like, okay, we're going to lose this game. But we keep saying it's the hope that kills you. are like, well, they've been practicing for so long without games. Maybe it's all coming together. People are back from injury. Everything's going to be fabulous. And Arteta's got this all figured out. He's in Pep's head, man. He's in Pep's head. Okay? <laughs> and then, like, 
10 minutes in, Shaka like rolls his ankle for no reason. <laughs> Pablo Marie. And by the way, Pablo Marie pulled his hamstring trying to chase Walker. I get it. But it wasn't Walker that made him pull his hamstring. He pulled his hamstring because one, he's physically inept. And two, he is so nervous. Like I know when I'm nervous, I pull stuff way easier than when you're not nervous. He was just nervous, man. He just pulled the muscle from 15 minutes in by sheer just nervousness. And then it all just went haywire from there once Louise got on. And, you know, it was a spectacle. <laughs> David Louise very much entered the chat. To be fair, you looked quite competent as a, as a team until that point. Like, we, like we're, you know, we're in Facebook Messenger and being like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. You know, this is, you know, this, you guys were actually like, this is not, look, you're looking pretty decent here. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem with Arsenal has always been consistency, though. Like, over 90 minutes, consistent. But also, as the game goes on, we look more and more, like, we're more and more worried that we don't have this game. It, it's true. But, but Bernie, you're right. Like, wh- when was the first goal? 40-something minutes? It was like, basically half time. Yeah, there, there hadn't been any particularly great chances up till then. City weren't looking, you know, they, they looked better, obviously, than Arsenal, but they weren't looking brilliant, and Arsenal had contained them for the most part. Um, and then it, it was funny, actually, because I remember thinking, you know, we, we have this ongoing uh, agenda that Mohamed has against Kevin De Bruyne, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, you know, do, do I publicly admit that De Bruyne is having an awful day? And he was, right? It was horrendous. Everything was going astray. And uh, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, th- this, is, this is bad enough that I'm going to go on the thread and I'm going to say, guys, Kevin De Bruyne is having a nightmare. It's and the time. Second, <laughs> the second that I did that, he hit a ball deliberately straight at David Luiz, knowing that David Luiz would mess it up and that City would get a chance. Genius. Like, and it doesn't count as an assist, does it? <laughs> it, <laughs> like, did. it did. For it De Bruyne? Did. It yeah. did. It did, but at least on fantasy, it did. Wow. Well, oh. they were saying, they literally said, which is such a slap in the face to David Luiz, it said, Luiz's touch did not change the course of the ball. Like, <laughs> how low can you get? Like, Luiz's Lu- touch, like, was actually the glor- glorious assist in this whole process. <laughs> oh, oh, man. man. Guys, Someone... guys, listen, listen. The thing about me and David Luiz is simply this. I, I go so hard against David Luiz only because you guys were so happy. And it makes me joyous <laughs> because it is the greatest agenda in the history of football because I'm right. <laughs> someone, someone said that very good thing. It's like, this is not about David Luiz's mistake, but if you actually watch the video, this is a lazy person that could not be bothered to move more into the path of the ball. Like, you know what I mean? It was so like, it wasn't a hundred percent effort to actually stop that ball. And the more you watch the video, the more I agree. It's just someone who's like, yeah, this is enough. You know, I think this is going to be enough to do what I want to do. But not, yeah. you know, he could have easily just moved a whole foot to the left-hand side. The ball wasn't coming at him at that pace. You know what I mean? It's just pure laziness. I, I mean, tell me if I'm overthinking it, but it was a surprise that he didn't start to some extent. Like, he's the senior centre-back. Arteta has praised him before. Mari's barely played a game, but Mari started at centre-back. Um, but then when you see Luis play like that, you wonder, like, how smart is it to be playing someone who in a couple of weeks has no contract, hasn't been offered anything by the club, doesn't know what's going on? Like, are you going to get the most out of someone like that? It's, it's tricky. It's hard to know. Yeah, I don't know. We always argue that on 100K a week or whatever the hell he's getting at this age, like, we expect just clearance. 
you know, I mean, that's bare minimum. I have a feeling that him being on the bench had nothing to do with the contract. I actually think after Brentford and whatever else, like, I think Arteta knows that this is a liability, an absolute walking liability. And the penalty showed exactly that too. And, you know, he got done by, I don't remember who it was. Um, Morris. Was it Morris? Okay. So Morris did him, which is not actually a shameful thing. If you're a defender getting done by Morris, sure, fine, whatever. But, I don't know. He does this a lot, and we saw it with Salah, I think, uh, against Liverpool, where he gets beaten and he feels like he has to manhandle you. And I feel like Leno had a great game. Uh, like, was it Leno? Yeah, Leno had a great game up until, you know, well, just the whole game, essentially. So why not have faith in your goalkeeper to maybe do something if you've been beaten? Why reduce your team to 10 men? Like, I don't... This is the exact same thing he did with Mo Salah earlier this season yeah. against Liverpool. I got himself, after having a yellow card, knowingly that he has a, you know, I know he got a straight red here, but he's still, like, it's almost, how can you not make that decision? Like, the whole, like, you should be able to make good decisions. Like, that's why you're a professional athlete. And how did he think he was not going to get at least a yellow for that and a penalty? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's, it's very unclear. I mean, it, on top of that, um, there was another, who was the other injury? Um, Marie and Shaka. Right. Marie Shaka injured, David Luiz sent off. So, I mean, fortunately, he'll be suspended. So that's good. Um, but, uh, and, and Jack is out for the rest of the season. So these are like, these are positive developments for Arsenal <laughs> as, far, as far as they go. Although Leno is out for a while too. And that is disastrous because Emmy Martinez is terrible. But never mind. Um, Arsenal then went on to play Brighton. And for a while, it looked a bit better. There were a lot of changes in the teams. Um, Pepe came in, Lacazette came in. It, things looked a bit better. Um, Pepe scored a beautiful goal. And then everything imploded again. Yeah, I think it all started with the Leno injury as well. Um, uh, this is another one of those games where Arsenal looked good at the start. And as time goes on, and all, you know, the only thing oppositions need to do is kind of just whether that initial good 15, 20 minutes that Arsenal seemed to put on at the start when they're kind of really focused on what Arteta had to say and blah, blah, blah. And then as things start to go into more of the players' hands and like kind of they have to deal with the situation, how things happen and what might change during the game, that's when it all falls um, apart. And then the other team, whoever it is, it could be, you know, it could be, well, in this case, it could be Brighton. They just slowly come back into the game. And, you know, I don't think Pepe's goal after like a huge time of dominance it was just a good individual piece of play from a from a player and it was you know it, it's not like Arsenal deserved to go on and win the game by any stretch I I feel like you know your first half performance was pretty decent right like um you know you could see football and you could see the intention behind the game Saka hit the post or hit the crossbar rather um Lacazette had gone to decent positions but wasted it and I, you know to me like you said, Monet, if as the game goes on, it feels like if Arsenal don't score early, then it's it's you know, they get nervous and then the game can can go to shit. And I feel like I don't know. I feel like there was a time when Arteta obviously they were doing well beginning of the year up until, you know, the the coronavirus. But is the Aubameyang on the left wing really the way to go here? Like I, I, I feel like the positions that Lacazette found himself in, Aubameyang scores goals. So what I'll say about that, it's a tricky question. What I'll say about that is that um, 
statistically, someone someone looked into this recently. I forget for who, maybe the Athletic or something. Um, and they they did a side by side of when he plays down the middle and he plays left, and he scores the same amount of goals. His, his position left to middle doesn't make any difference in terms of how many goals he scores, which is quite impressive. What it does make a difference to is other players, because Aubameyang is just a shoulder of the last man guy. He's got no like build up. He's not a target man. He's not going to hold the ball up. The link play isn't wonderful. So for someone like Pepe coming in from the left, Aubameyang is, is useless as your central striker. He is not someone you can play off of. Um, whereas Lacazette and Ketia give you, a, you know, neither of them is the ideal guy for that either, really. But they give you a bit more in terms of link play and, and strength. So you're saying bring back Giroud? I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Giroud, Pepe, <laughs> Aubameyang is a much better front three than than those two plus either of Nketiah or Lacazette. Yeah, the thing is, uh, and Bernie, keep in mind also, I, I know that question always comes up, but keep in mind, against, I think it was City, um, there was a couple moments that they highlighted, uh, I think, in the studio as well, for the game that, the game plan was to send Aubameyang, to send him down behind the high city defense because they they have possessions. And there was a couple of times Tierney had a chance. Oh, think, that was I disgusting. Think, yeah, Tierney, I was like, I'm watching, I'm like, oh, that's definitely, you know, you know when you expect something to happen and then it doesn't, I'm like, are you serious? And then the other one, I think it was Willick or whoever, someone in center midfield that like this did not make such an easy pass. That is, you know, a doable pass. Aubameyang is one and one on goal. Similar to what the one Saka gave him that was, he was barely offside against Brighton. That's all you need from Aubameyang. Off the shoulder, you just need a player that can give him the ball. Like, you know, we still have, whatever, a Cesc like we had. You know, Aubameyang would be scoring loads off that left by just threw balls down that wing, but nobody's giving it to him. Ceballos had two horrendous games. Um, and who else is going to give him the ball? Like, there's nobody else. I'm, I'm uh, in, against Brighton, like, is, I'm gl glad you mentioned Ceballos because the midfield was just disgusting. Uh, l listen, I don't know what Guendouzi, you know, we've all been here last year. I think this time last year we were like, oh, it looks great talent. You know, he can carry the ball. He's going to be great. He's going to be great. At this rate, he's not going to be anything. Like, he's got to, f and I think it's all in his head. There's something wrong with him, not the talent level. And he's got to figure it out because this guy has done nothing for a very, very long time. I, I tell you what, what I think about that is like we've seen, we've seen the talent. That's, that's not in question. His, his mentality is, you know, he's a fighter. He's, he's a scrapper. He's a bit of a loose cannon. And, you know, that's something that people really like um, to some extent, but obviously it also has its downsides. But the thing about Guendouzi is he's what, 20? And he's, being asked to be like the guy in the central midfield, the deepest lying, the, the most responsible. He's got to pick it up off the back four. He's got to make progressive passes. He's got to tackle. He's got to mark. He's got to chase space. Like someone like him needs to be next to two more senior guys who have been doing it for five years. You know, if he's in the midfield with Coughlin and Cazola, for example, he just gets to play his game and flourish and learn and develop. But now he has to try and do everything way too early. That's, that's, that's Arsenal's patterns of bleeding in youngsters, and yes. that's always been the issue. Like, you're not always going to have a Cesc Fabregas that at 17 will kick Patrick Vieira out of the team. That's not going to happen. It's going to happen once a century, right? But when you keep bringing these young guys and you put them in teams that are dysfunctional, teams that, you know, are weak mentally, teams that can defend, teams that don't keep shape, teams that... There's just so much wrong with these teams that a 20-year-old Guendouzi has to be a generational talent, which is not. 
you know, he's talent. He's a talent, but he's not a generational talent. This is going to completely transform us. So, you know, him, Willick, Inketia, Aitley, Menzenals, all these guys, they're not generational to the point to drag this Arsenal team out of the mud. They're good enough to play when there's good players around them. But to ask him to, you know, when Shaka gets in there to be deepest against City in a 10-man midfield, good luck with, in a 10-man team. Good luck with that. Trying to play against Brighton as the deepest player when you have who? Sebias next to you? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, it's so unfair on a youngster sometimes. It, it is It is very unfair on them. And and if Xhaka and Torreira are the two sitting next to Guendouzi, then forget about it. Like, forget <laughs> about it. And, and you know what? That epitomizes why you lost that game. Like, there is no mental... It's a broken record. There's no mental anything. Like, strength, awareness, like, capability, <laughs> nothing whatsoever. The defending was disgusting. And then, like, that whole Mope thing, like, who cares? Like, it was a collision with Leno and whatever. He put his body in. Nine times out of ten, nothing happens to Leno. Like, it's unfortunate. But, like, we we're trying to rough him up at the end as if he's the reason you lost. Like, guys, get a grip. Like, what is he is the reason we lost, Benny. He scored the winning goal. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, man. Oh, man. No, yeah, you're it's, right. it's, I mean, it's clutching at straws. Yeah. It's yeah. just unfortunate to see another. I mean, Leno is our best player by far him and Aubameyang maybe but Leno Leno has really stepped up man this year what a what a season he's been having like some of the saves when you just even if you go back and look at compilations of his save from this season like they're they're world class man they're insane even the city game and even here against Brighton like he was just so good and it's such a shame to see another player go out and like the seasons are like we're, we're what in ninth now maybe let's see 10th 10th we're 10th like that's horrendous can uh, I make it worse? Um, well, I'll make it better first off. Uh, I don't know if it's better, actually. Your next game is Southampton. Is that better or worse? No, well, Ings is going to score Ings is gonna score like five. Yeah. Okay, so you're away to Southampton. Yeah. Then you're away to Sheffield United. Eh, tough game. Then you're at Norwich. Come on. You're going you're gonna to beat Norwich. Then away to Wolves. Ooh. Home to Leicester. Away to, away to Spurs. Ooh. Home to Liverpool. Hopefully they've won everything and they play their youth by then. And then actually it's not easy at the end of Villa and Watford battling for See, bro, to save Honestly, I think we're going to finish like 13. So. But, but Bernie, you know when you just said it's not easy at the end Villa and Watford? Mm. The, literally the only team you said there that gave me any glimmer of hope was Norwich. <laughs> there is not another game in the Premier League that Arsenal can play where I think, yeah, that's an easy win. And frankly, even Norwich, I'm not convinced. Like, yes, you we are. Discussed, we yes, discussed last are. week. They've got some good players. But they're so bad. Really, it's not about on paper. It's about, look, me, my brother and I stopped even discussing these teams. And we looked at the champion. And we said, <laughs> would Arsenal come, you know, how would Arsenal do in the championship? And honestly, we would struggle away from home to almost every team in the championship. Mohamed Leeds would fuck us up. <laughs> Leeds would. I'm, I'm not even joking. We, we would lose away in any division. It's just a mentality thing. We just lose the way. Like as that hasn't scored in 18 hours of football. You know how long you have? <laughs> 18 hours of football, man. Like, what me kind up. of stat is that? Help anyway, me up. Anyway, I feel like, from Arsenal because guys, I feel like I would get a tap in within 18 hours. Like. All, all, all I'm saying is you're the third biggest club in England. Act like it and go get yourself a big time manager. Just before we move off of Arsenal, I, I want to ask one final question uh, to Mohamed. Aubameyang 
at the end of the season has 12 months on his contract. Bukayo Saka at the end of the season has 12 months on his contract. Will either of them be at Arsenal next season? Because I, I seriously, seriously doubt it. We've talked about this before. I would actually lose respect for Aubameyang if he's still here. <laughs> like, like if you know how we talked about Ozil, who doesn't really have a lot of ambition. It's like, what are you still doing here at the time? And I get it. Ozil is almost like this is his MLS, like you know, <laughs> contract with Arsenal. I get it, and he's getting paid way too much to go anywhere. But Aubameyang, if if it's true and Barca and whoever and Madrid want you and you actually still are Arsenal next season and, you're, you know, he's in his prime. I know he's older than prime, but he's, he's still physically in shape. He's great. No way he should be here. And people keep asking, oh, should we sell him for 30 million or should we sell him for 35? I don't care anymore. Like, I, I'm so tired of these economical financial conversations. I just, I don't care. It's not my problem. You do whatever you want to do and, like, win games. Just, I, I don't care if we get 30 million. What are we going to do with it? Like, spend it on David Luiz, right? Like, who cares? So, and, and Saka? Saka, well, I hope Saka's here. I can't tell you, but I, I really hope he's here because the interest doesn't seem so high right now, but he is obviously, you know, he's up there in terms of when it comes to interest. Where, where is he linked to? He's not linked L- to anything. He, he's, there's interest from Liverpool, allegedly. Why? I mean, here's, here's the thing. Because he's, like, 19, he can play in, like, four positions. He's an England international, which during uh, Brexit and the squad registration stuff is very, very useful. Or, or I know he might be Nigerian. Oh. We'll, we'll see. But for oh, now, no. he's English. <laughs> <laughs> for now, he's English. He's on 5K um, a week. Yeah, like, here's the thing. If you are any, any decent club in the Premier League, right now you're, you're going to his agent and you're saying, leave on a free in a year and come to us and we'll give you eight. Honestly, just play, just play Saka, Rashford, uh, Martial. That'll work. Yo, it'd be fun. You know me. I, yeah. I, I like youth football. I'd, I'd do that. Why not? <laughs> All right. Let, let's move on. Um, so the, the game that we talked about first was Arsenal Man City. So City have also played twice. So let's do their second game, which was today against Burnley. It was a 5-0 win. Um, before the football, Mohamed, you, uh, you posted a tweet on the thread um, last week. And it was a joke by someone who said Burnley are going to wear All Lives Matter t-shirts. <laughs> right? Yes. It was a joke. And today, lo and behold, uh, a plane flies above... Well, it's not funny. Don't make me laugh. Hey, I'm um, sorry. <laughs> Marty doesn't know what happened flies. yet. I can see it in his face. He doesn't know yet. Oh, shit. This is amazing. Get to break this news. A plane flies over Turf Moor. Banger out. A, with a White Lives Matter banner. What? Oh, sorry. Oh. White Lives Matter Burnley. Oh, so not even all lives matter. White, no, lives. white ones. So this is like next level. Yeah. And we knew they were Brexit and we knew they were racist, but this honestly, is like, you know, when you get to the final boss in the game. <laughs> honestly, when Alex, like, Alex calls them Brexit FC, we joke around. I always take it with a pinch of salt. Like, I'm like, yeah, haha, okay, stereotype. I'm like, are you serious? I mean, here's the thing, right? So I, I, let, let me say quickly that the club obviously issued an immediate statement condemning it. Ben Mee, the captain, actually did a very good interview after the game in which he expressed his anger and what have you at the few fans that did this. Um, all fans, every club in England has, has racist fans. There's absolutely no exceptions to this. Um, not 
So far, none of them, though, have paid money to rent a little plane. <laughs> I mean, it's just mad. It's just, you're so racist that you have to rent a little plane to show people. But wait, when did they do this? Because this game was at City. Did they do this, like... Bruh, they uh, chartered the plane to fly, probably to fly from Berlin to Man City, waving their racism all across the UK. I don't Berlin. know where Burnley is on the map, though, but... <laughs> it's, it's very near Manchester. Oh, okay. So not, so, not far. This little well, hop of the um, Yeah. Anyway, just needed to get that, that little madness out of the way. Uh, other than that, Burnley got an absolute stuffing. Yeah, they don't matter. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, City, um, City is doing this thing where, I mean, what, City are 8-0 up in two games now? I mean, just complete. I mean, they, yes, both of them were home, which I don't know how that works. But they, uh, they completely dominated this man. Riyad Mahrez, Phil Foden. Phil Foden is now, what, three goals in two games. He's, he's been playing and scoring. How bad? Yeah, Bernie, this has disappointed you somewhat. Yeah, because I was enjoying the banter of Phil Jones, uh, not Phil Jones, wow, Phil Foden <laughs> being the best player Guardiola's ever worked with and then not playing. And it was really, really funny. But now he's playing and he's scoring goals. And by the way, he's, I mean, Silva is going to retire, I think, this year or something. I, I think he's leaving he, City, that I know. Yeah. Sané's leaving because Pep said now Sané's going to leave. Foden's probably going to play next season. So, you know, if he keeps this up and keeps up the form, he's going to be very, very... Yeah, so Rodrigo... Is it Rodrigo? Is it Rodri? Rodri, yeah. Rodri, De Bruyne, Foden, maybe. It's not bad. We, we discussed, right, that Rodri doesn't look like a footballer. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I just... It, what, today, what about, what about, it, it really hit me. What about... Um, we're missing somebody. What about um, Bernardo Silva? Is he going to play more on the wing, I guess? Uh... It will be interesting to see how Pep rejigs it. So, I mean, you know, you've got Fernandinho, uh, as far as I know, he's staying. Uh, Fernandinho and, and Rodri competing for that one spot. And then you've got De Bruyne as a lock in the one of the eights. And then probably Foden and Bernardo Silva rotate in the other, the other eight. Oh, I guess Gundogan's there as well. I'm, I'm pretty sure they'll buy a centre-back, obviously, because, you know, they don't want to make the same mistake in the summer. And then they'll probably buy another midfielder because losing two, like, I know Sané didn't play a long time, but, like, losing Sané and David Silva is a lot to lose. Um, well, you, so only have Sterling, you only have Sterling and Mahrez really out wide, and maybe Bernardo Silva. Mm. Am I missing anybody? Mm, not no. if you got it. They're got quite it. light on the wings. Yeah, I think they'll get one more. Probably, like, someone who's a squad player. But I think they'll get one more to fill No, Lito. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? Uh, I'll be interested like, to see if they buy a striker. I mean, I, I know this, this summer is not going to be... Uh... Sorry, what? I, he said, why not? I said, why not? Ah, uh, okay. Nice. <laughs> Sorry, just wear this. Okay. No, no, I like it. Um, I have no leg to stand on, man. You know this. Neither, um, neither does Aguero today. Hey! <coughs> wow. Yeah, you got man. Yeah, he's injured. So, and Pep was uh, celebrating, I'm sure, because he doesn't have to worry now about who to play. By the way, yeah. Pep is an l- absolute lunatic. They were, I think it was 2-0 up, or I think even 3-0 up, and they had that water break. And, I've, and Pep is giving them tactics furiously. Like, <laughs> he brought out the board and everything. I'm like, bruh, when do you chill? What is this? Well, he's passed it on to his players, too. Did you, get, did you see... Uh... Foden, after he scored the fifth goal, 
Yeah, Goal goes in. He immediately turned around and started arguing with like one of his teammates about something that should have gone better earlier in the phase. It's like five nil in the sixty-third minute, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and you never play. Yeah. Mario's second goal though was beautiful. The the long pass, the long cross pass from Fernandinho was pinged, and then Mars Mars has really gotten that fake uh, that square X thing down, man. Where he just fakes one direction, goes on to his right, and you can tell like. If he keeps working on his right, he's going to be lethal. Because people, at least at first, in that like Leicester season, was like, oh, yeah, go to left, go left, go left. We get it. But at City, he's starting to go right way more. Um, so, you know, he's, um, yeah, if he can add that to his locker and, like, be really consistent with it, he's going to be even more dangerous. But he's know, older than I always remember. Sorry, Ben. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you knew that cutback was coming. Like, I felt like, you know, I was thinking about this, like, you know, the mark of a good player, like, cause you know, you're watching it. Right. So like, you know what they should do. And if they're, they're, there's a mark of good players in two things, either they do what they, what you know they should do, like watching them, or they do something completely bamboozles you and it's even better than what you thought. Like, a bad player is the one that does something that you definitely hundred percent know should not do that shit. Like Tierney not <laughs> passing to Aubameyang. That's the, like, I saw that and I was like, are you, how, how, how? I think I think what it is is it's a good player is someone that you you know what you as a defender you know what he's gonna do and you still can't stop him mm-hmm. yeah. like Robin Hazard Mares like those wingers that you like bruh, he's gonna do that we all know it but you still can't stop him. yeah or Pepe hey he has eleven goals and assists in twenty five appearances which is better than Mares his first season in, in the Premier League. Ballon d'Or next year, bro. <laughs> uh, so that's City dominance. Nothing else to say about that, I guess. No, and there is one thing, which is that they are what now within eighteen points of the top of Liverpool. Can we talk about? Can we then talk about Liverpool since we're here? Because yeah. City, are, uh, City are only there's twenty points from Liverpool right now. Okay. 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 They can and do then it. we we talked about Istanbul next week. Mm-hmm. So that's two points per City. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about City beating Liverpool the week after, which is another. How does it work? Is that a six? Is that actually a six pointer? No, no, it's not. <laughs> so either way, by end of in two weeks' time, it could be fifteen points away. Thank you, bro. It's not over, especially if Liverpool play the way they played against Everton. Right now, it's about delaying Liverpool as long as possible for a second wave of coronavirus, <laughs> and then they have to wow. cancel the season. <laughs> Wow. Just delay it enough until we have to close down everything again. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe, maybe that's what Arsenal were doing by losing to City. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Liverpool did not play very well against everything. Everything should have won the game at the end. They hit the post, yeah. no? Or was, that, was that right at the end? Or... Yeah. Oh, it did. I, I only saw the highlights. So I, I wasn't sure when that chance happened, but that was the Tom, the Tom Davis chance, right? Mm-hmm. Very last yeah. minute. Yeah, they're, they're, Everton had a few chances. They played better than uh, we'd have expected. But, yeah, I, I didn't see this game in enough detail to really know what, what the story Liverpool was. Liverpool rusty. They, they just looked Salah like didn't play and Very Minamoto small. played. It wasn't good again. Minamoto. Minamoto. Minamino. <laughs> Bro, who am I thinking of? Inamoto. You were thinking of, of I, no, I know what you're doing. You're thinking of Junichi Inamoto, who yes. played for yes. you, and then Minamino, and then you yes. put it together. <laughs> yes. That's exactly what happened. I put them into one, and it became Minamoto. Okay, so 
Minamino or whatever the hell his name is. Had a horrendous game again. Bro, Minamoto sounds like a brand of like uh, uh, an alternative to Vespa. It's like oh, a yeah, car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lovely. So lovely. that's who I meant. And the point is, he had a horrendous game again. Um, you mean as, again? It's like his first I, game. As I predicted, he's going to be a flop. I mean, I, I don't think anyone thought he could be successful <laughs> anyway. He's like, the question is, is he going to have a bigger legacy than GameCube? Or PowerCube, sorry, not GameCube. PowerCube. <laughs> GameCube. <laughs> Everyone has a bigger legacy than GameCube, man. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually have a bit of faith in, uh, man, I nearly said Minamoto. It's so much easier to say than Minamino. <laughs> um, I think he's good. I think he's going to be good. I, I think he'll be a, a regular kind of squad player next season. We'll see more of him. But, uh, you know, it takes time to adapt sometimes. No more, no more than a Lalana. Mark my words. Oh, no. I think if he, if he reaches Lalana level of, like, contribution, like in the first season or two under Klopp, Lalana was a regular. You know, if he reaches that kind of level, he has have done well. Yeah, that was the first season when he didn't do, Klopp didn't do very well, and he learned and then decided Lalana cannot be my regular player. So. Everton, Everton did play well, though. Uh, I mean, before moving to Everton, I guess, point out that two things. One, Firmino had a horrendous game. Um, again. And the second thing was the hilarious Sadio Mane play at oh. the start of the game. I actually fell off my chair when I saw that on Twitter. Because, you know, you, don't, you know when you think you know what's coming and then it's completely different? So, it's a clip. If you haven't seen it, you should really check it out. Like, it will, it will put a smile on your face, man. Like, so they're all standing in position 11 versus 11, ready for kickoff. <laughs> the referee blows his whistle. And it's, it's a zoomed out bird's eye view of the whole field. Referee blows his whistle. All the players go down on one knee for Black Lives Matter. Manny is roaring down the left wing, <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the kickoff and the long ball. It is hilarious. It is honestly one of the best moments of the season. It, it would have been funny had he just been jogging, but the fact that he sprinted like an absolute maniac was just Honestly, crazy, it's funny because he's a black player, so it's like it has a comedic value to it. But you just know, if that was a white player, oh my God, the oh. banter they would have gotten online. It would have been the most awkward thing in the world. You know that video on YouTube where it's like, nobody, nobody, me, and then that guy just like running through the warehouse so fast they used it for Sayo Mane. And it's so good. It's so good. But um, in terms of Everton, I think Charleston played very well. Even, uh, can I call him DCL? Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Sure. Um, he had a really good game as well. And Andre Gomez is back. Like, it's crazy, man. Yeah. He actually for, came back before the, I know, before the break. I know, but he's and playing he, full, full. He was good when he came back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they played. They played a really good game, um, and you know they they held their own this this game, and they, they could have won it. They, you know, you wouldn't have begrudged them a, a win for sure. No, that's fair. I, I mean, but Bernie, uh, you and I are on record as as not being uh, convinced that Ancelotti is going to be the right guy for Everton um, long term, and I, and I still stand by that. But I do admire, or am admiring, his uh, his appreciation for a good old British four four two. He's <laughs> he's stuck to it quite doggedly since he came in, and it's just kind of funny. You think about you know the the cultured Italian manager, Champions League winner on multiple occasions, four four two. Guys, Duncan Ferguson is really the one managing this team. 
<laughs> Carlo is just the face. <laughs> That's what's going on. Carlo's like, I'm going over here to have a cigarette. Duncan, do what you like. And Duncan's like, fucking knock it long to Calvert Lewin. Um, it will be was horrendous. Who? Uh, of course. It will be. Oh, God. You know what's I funny? Don't... Nigerians don't even like it will be. And I, and I find that really interesting. We like all of our players except for it will be. What, yeah. Because of his style of play? Or... I think because there's this perception that he's rubbish. Like, and a lot of Nigerians are Arsenal fans, and Arsenal fans thought he was rubbish. So I think it carried over. <laughs> that would make well, sense. It's not wrong. Yeah. No. Uh, what else happened? Spurs played United at well, it's not White Hart Lane anymore, is it? What is it called now? The Tottenham Stadium. Well, that's easy to remember. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they played at the Tottenham Stadium. I mean, game of two halves. I have to say, the old cliche comes back. Um, Spurs played really well in the what first half, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. For 20 minutes in the first half, Spurs played well. I just remember them looking good in the first half. They were actually on the front foot trying to attack, you know, playing okay, good football. I don't know what the hell Lamella was doing at, like, number 10, but things were happening. And then, obviously, Bergwijn went through on goal. Very fortunately, in a couple of instances, one, you know, Maguire took ages to turn. I mean, you could hear him put it in reverse and go, dude. <laughs> it's if you ever pulled out a fridge, let's try <laughs> that's what the momentum. The momentum is all in one direction. Good luck. Yeah. Um, and then I don't know what the hell David De Gea was doing. Bernie, tell us a little bit about how you feel about this goal in general. I've, I've, like, look, look. I'm so upset because there was a Luke Shaw header that was to nowhere. There was the no one in tracking back in midfield. There was Maguire being a fridge. And then look, all that happens. And you're sitting there like a bunch of shit has gone down. He shoots it straight at them. People are like, oh, the ball moved. Get the hell out of my face. He shot it right at him. And the hair decided to do what? I don't know. Like, it was like punching it. I don't understand. It was like, you don't punch that. You palm it or use your legs like you usually do something. And it was just a disgrace. Like, look, I, <laughs> the hair was my boy, but this, it's over. Like, you need to know when it's over. Get, get out of here, bro. <laughs> like, Dean Henderson time? Dean Henderson has the most clean sheets in the league. Like, who, who in this world would think that he's not capable of at least not saving that type of shit? How old is David De Gea? He's 30. What, what do you put his, his decline down to? He's been starting playing football as a starter since he was 17 as a goalkeeper. Is he comfortable? Well, A, he's comfortable because Romero never plays. But B, he's like, it's like Rooney. Like, he's been playing, like, full seasons for 13 yeah, years. But wasn't it, wasn't it only, like, two or three years ago where he was, like, the best player in the league? Like, he was the United's player of the season. He was, like, the standout, one of the standout players in the whole league as a keeper. Like, wasn't that only like two or three seasons ago? It wasn't that yeah. long ago. Yeah. And, and, and listen, someone said this on United podcast this morning and they were like, you know, a lot of stuff happened last season. But if you really look at it, United didn't make the top four because they were dumb, but also because David De Gea literally threw away points. Like he threw balls into the net and he's doing that again right now. Like you can't well, take threw balls. Chance. Oh, we need them for Obama. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to be fair to De Gea, there were years where, there were two or three years where uh, you wouldn't have made top four were it not for his saves. So he's just making up for it. Pretty but much, I, yeah. But I think, I, I don't know. I mean, you might be right, obviously, but I'm not convinced by the, by the burnout thing. For a goalkeeper, it's harder to believe. But I will say that 
he still pulls off the occasional like absolute wonder save. Like you can still stop shots, you know, the, this one from Bergman aside, but his concentration doesn't seem to be there anymore. And so I wonder if just like a new scenario, a change is as good as a rest kind of thing. No one's might, concerned. Might shake him up because like he's 30 years off for a keeper. Listen, no one's concerned about the hard saves. I actually expect him to make the hard saves now. Like the saves that I don't expect someone else to make, I expect him to do that. I don't expect David De Gea to save like a routine catch anymore. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I honestly don't. I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you get Romero in, like at this point, I just, just don't care. I just don't care. No. All right, so nice. then, then you guys stepped it up a little bit um, towards the end of the first half, second half. Obviously, that's because Mourinho decided to defend as well. Like, we were talking about this during the game. He never learns. Spurs looked so much better on the front foot. United grew into the game, looked much more dangerous. And then Pogba came on, changed your dynamic. You guys looked much better with him on the field, for sure. He completely retired Eric Dyer. Um, and then, you know, sent him back to the stands to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> And then he got that penalty, which was, I think is a good penalty to, to earn. And, you know, um, Fernandez put it in. I, I think you guys were playing a really good game up to that point. You guys really stepped it up. No, they played really well. Um, before that, Fernandez just uh, hit one just wide. Lloris had pulled off with an amazing save from Martial. Uh, Rashford had one. Um, there was Mason had a flasher. There were so many, and then at the end, I thought Mason was going to win it, win the game. He scored that goal four times a season. I thought that's going in. Listen, Tottenham. There was no reason that Tottenham should have even collected a point in this game on the full balance of play. They were so good in the second half that I thought it was that they were going to win the game. So well, you know, credit to them for the performance uh, overall. I would say. I was just going to say, when United scored, Spurs went back to attacking. And they looked infinitely better than when they were trying to defend, which just this seems is, to yeah. try and prove the point to Mourinho. To just, like, play a balanced game, attack a little bit. You look infinitely more dangerous when you try to. This is the thing, and this is the thing that Mourinho has done ever since he came in. And, and I actually, Mo, I'm going to disagree with you that Spurs played on the front foot in the first half. I think this is a difference of, like, 10 or 15 yards of pitch. Because basically, what they were doing um, was playing like a passive block. First half as well. They just sat there. They didn't press United until United came into their half. They didn't play football. They didn't try to keep the ball. They let United have the ball. And then they tried to win it back and hit them on the break. And that's exactly what happened with the Bergwijn goal. That was the game plan. And it makes total sense as a game plan to play that way against United because... If you attack United, United are the best team in the league on the break, pretty much. Maybe Liverpool. Like, Martial, Rashford, they will kill you on the break. But the thing is that in the second half, with a goal up, Spurs just went 10, 15 yards further back, dropped deeper and deeper. And that way, even when you win the wall back, you have nowhere to go. They were just kicking it up the field, hoping that Kane like won a header and Kane can't move anymore. And so they just got deeper and deeper and deeper. And you knew, like, with 10, 15 minutes ago, you knew United were going to score. So let's talk about Kane. Just cumulative injuries, man. Like, he can't, you know, this is Kane. He came back from an injury. He, he, you know, I think he was scheduled to come back in April. So he's had an extra month and a half of rehab and rest and what have you. 
and yeah, you just can't move. There's no, there's that burst of space to get into that open position to even, because his shooting technique is one of the best in the league, mm -hmm. but he needs to create that half yard for himself with a little burst to then get that off. He just doesn't seem to have that ability right now. Like he's turning more into a six yard box striker, which he never was. Like he was always the guy that would be part of the buildup in the play, running up players. Like he just doesn't seem to have that. You know, you're starting to see, like Alex said, like, I know you're absolutely right. He doesn't have that. And it's not even the burst of pace over long distance. You just want that like quick burst to make space to shoot the ball. And, you know, I won't rush to judgment considering it's one game back from three months off and then he had what, injured for two months or something like that. So we'll see. But it apparently the statistics over the course of this whole season have, have shown that he's actually slipping and fitness levels have dropped. So we'll see what happens over the long run. But, you know, last time we talked about take that contract, if this is, if this is starting to happen, that guy's staying at Tottenham for his whole career and he's going to hate himself for doing so. Yeah, maybe it's the the timing is is incredibly unfortunate on on his part. Like he had that. The reason he's stayed this long is because the trajectory under Pochettino was this, and then over the last year, obviously that collapsed, and then Mourinho's come in. Mourinho's do, I don't know what he's doing. He's doing whatever he's, well, he's asked, capable they, of still. But they asked Mourinho but, about like whether. You know, his style is hindering Harry Kane's productivity. And Mourinho, you know, with his stupid Mourinho style, he just said some crazy cryptic thing like, oh, I had a guy who at Madrid scored blah, blah goals. And it didn't seem to be a problem. He currently plays for Juventus. I'm like, yeah, bro. You're talking about the best player. Like, you know, people argue the best player to ever play the game of football. Like, that's just the guy that wants to score goals regardless of whatever the hell you tell him to do. Don't compare him to, you know, Kane and you're trying to put 10 players behind the ball. Also, if you're going to bring out stats, right, and use that, that facts argument of Rafa, <laughs> at least get them right. The guy said that Drogba played for him for four seasons and scored 186 goals, which is 50 goals a season or something. That never happened. He never scored that many goals for Chelsea in his entire Chelsea career. <laughs> so like... Jamie, Va Jamie Vardy has more goals than, than Drogba. Seriously, like, yeah. I think we said this once when we're talking about Drogba versus Eto. If you really, really do the math from statistical point of view, Drogba was, is not that, like, caliber of striker that we should be talking about. He's Overall, not he's not that prolific. No, absolutely not. Overall, as a, as a leader, legend, great player, absolutely. But, like, he's not the guy you use to talk about stats and strikers playing well for me. Like, get out of here. No, as Mo always said, he, he has the moments. He has the moment, so you remember the the you know the, the special special time. It was but fun. I think there's yeah, he was he was a lot of fun, and he was a character, right, which also helps. But I think there's no deny there's no denying that Mourinho's style is going to hinder Kane. Look, if you've got a relatively immobile striker and you decide that team is going to play on the break, then you, what you're deciding and you okay, let's say let's say Bergwin and and Son are the guys that are going to play left and right, generally, right? Could be more or whatever. If you're going to play on the break, you are deciding that those two are your main, your main attackers, right? Because they're the ones with the pace. So like what you're saying, playing. yeah. So what you're saying to Kane is like you're there as like a kind of fulcrum, like decoy, target, whatever, just to win balls, play some through balls. You're, you're sacrificing him as a goal scorer, and and Mourinho is gonna screw up his relationship with a bunch of players if he continues to try playing on the break. Because look, you've got Ndombele and Lo Celso. 
you know, Ndombele didn't even come off the bench. Lasosa came off the bench. But you've got two guys who are brilliant on the ball technical players. If you just start like playing on the break and having them sit in the middle of midfield, like trying to win the ball back and like knock it through to Lucas Moura, you're just going to lose these guys. It's inevitable. Just the, the, the difference in this game really in terms of, I mean, it was 1-1, but in terms of performance of the, over the 90 minutes was simply the fact that United had Pogba on the bench and could bring him on and could push Bruno forward in the position that Tottenham should have used Ndombele and Lo Celso. I know they're different players, Ndombele and Pogba, but if you bring on Ndombele and Lo Celso, you can at least match the idea of the Pogba mm-hmm. and the Bruno. And those two playing together was really what changed the game. And, and Jose completely refuses to just inspire and just, you know, play that type of way, which would probably have served him better, as Alex said in the beginning. And it's, you know, for someone who said that the other guy's out of his depth, like, this guy's out of his depth for football, period. I mean, <coughs> take a longer sabbatical than that. He's never beaten social as a manager, so like, what? <laughs> um, what else? Finally, I think we should give Chelsea some love. They played, mm. um, they played Villa. Uh, is it still, it's not still Villa Park, is it? Yeah. So, yeah. It is? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I respected the name to change to, like, I don't know. Stoop 24-7 supermarket park. <laughs> um, Aston Villa, yeah, I mean, they started off playing really well. Chelsea took a while to get into this game, and Villa scored um, the first goal. <laughs> People were celebrating in line that they're not going to go down anymore. Um, you know, it was late in, the, late in the first half. They deserved to come into the first half winners. Um, but then I think second half, really, Lampard with, you know, him being a, relatively young manager, made the right changes. Um, and, you know, bringing Christian Pulisic on, who hasn't been at his best, let's just say. Um, Ross Barkley coming on, you know, those two really did change the game a little bit. Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek was not playing well. Um, Kovacic was okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I was glad for Pulisic to get a goal because he, he's had a horrid time there. You know, you know what's interesting about, about what you said there? Lampard tried to get too clever in the beginning, and he played Ruben Loftus-Cheek on the left-hand side of a three. Yeah. And that was like, why? <laughs> like, he's, he's a center midfielder, and it's never shown to be anything else but that. I don't, I don't know what the idea was. Was it like his hype for Azpilicueta crosses or something? Was that what you were looking for? I, when you already have Giroud, I didn't really get it. So absolutely right. When Pulisic came on and he occupied that left, instantly looked very, very different. But also I think more space was created for Giroud because Lofty kept drifting in to try and get, right. get in into the box. And, you know, that's how they scored two goals. So, you know, credit for changing it up. Yeah. For sure. I, my guess with the Loftus cheap thing, because it was really weird, was that maybe like he needs to play him into some kind of fitness and form and it's less risky to play to do that with someone in the front three than it is in the midfield three. But yeah, it, it was a strange decision, but you're right. He fixed it. And that's really all you can ask. Villa, just, they're, they're unlucky, man. There's something about them. I, I think they're going down. I think, Bernie, you're going to get your Grealish. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, be, I'll be happy. <laughs> but um, I'm also sad because I like Villa. I, I do. And there are other teams who should go down before them. But. I would wow. say hiccup some did more. Did you hear that? Was that hiccup? No, that was I muted mid sneeze. 
<laughs> so you caught like you caught the tail end of a sneeze there. Um, I, I was gonna say that Giroud played really well. <laughs> he he really did, man. Like he just looked like that goal is not an easy goal for for a big guy who's not the most nimble to stop it with his left, turn out to his right, swivel enough to bring it across him into you know the, the side of the goal that he's standing in front. Like it was a good goal for a big guy. It really was. I was impressed. This is what happens with players who never had pace in the first place. When they get old, they actually can get better because like, they understand things better. The pace wasn't an issue anyway. He's actually improving. Yeah, but he's not going to stay. And, you know, I'd, I'd do that. I'd do that deal. Why not? <laughs> they gave him a year. Yeah, yeah, but now with Werner coming, like, you know they're, gonna, they're pushing the Abraham train, so he's going to be behind Werner. So, Giroud, honestly, I'd do that. How much would it, cut, would it take? 10 million? 10 million, he's like 35. No, man, to buy him. Inter tried to buy him in January for like two, and Chelsea said no because they wanted like five or some bullshit. I if, if, I can, if we can have a Gallo on loan, like <laughs> I can do a Giroud for 5 million. <laughs> What's my problem? And, or, or the triumphant return to the 13th place Arsenal. Oh my God, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> I, that was completely, completely uncalled for. I just quoted you, man. <laughs> yeah, self-deprecation is not the same thing as, you know, banter coming from a United fan. Right? Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Hey, okay, you know what? We'll swap, we'll swap Luis for Giroud back. Let's do that. Sure. Luis for... Huh? Luis. 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 Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Luis, by the way, we didn't mention Luis did have a fantastic game against you guys. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, His best yeah. game in a very long time. Yeah, yeah, Probably because he was out um, for a very long time. Probably. Um, sorry, I just, it just occurred to me that if David Luiz is on a free transfer, you know some Mumu like West Ham is going to pick him up. Or Everton. Oh, yeah. Everton would be good. Did, did, did Ancelotti manage him at PSG? I don't think so. I think that was... The, no, Ancelotti was there early, before he went to Real Madrid. I, I think sure. David Luiz wasn't there. I think, yeah, I would love to see him at Everton or if West Ham stay up, maybe West Ham. But I hope they go down. Someone's going to do it. Someone's going to do it. Yeah. Um, so looking at the table here, I mean, obviously Liverpool are way ahead in 20 points. But, um, I mean, is, is City completely out of the Champions League for sure? Like, they're banned, right? It's not for sure, yeah. Okay, but if it is, then the top five make it, I assume, it is, yeah, is I, the Champions I, I, League I, I, or... I'd give that a 75-25% chance because it's a two-year ban. They'll probably go, eh, two years harsh, give you one. Uh, I think that's probably what's going to happen there. Or they, could, or they could postpone it for a year. They do that too. Possibly. Well, the whole but, competition. <laughs> let's assume um, Manchester, let's assume it's fifth. So United, Wolves, Sheffield, Spurs are all like four points away from that fifth spot. That might be very interesting run-in for that fifth if City do. Um, assuming, you know, assuming whatever, Chelsea, Leicester, City, and Liverpool stay up in that top four. You know what? Might be very well, that, that, assumption, that assumption of Leicester, I wouldn't hold on to that. Their run-in is hard, and they've been in ridiculously poor form. Now, I think they will make it if a push came to shove, but don't, that's not a lock. They're not a lock at all. They really aren't. No, the problem is everybody else is not is not good enough to make up like a ten point gap, man. Like for them to drop out, they need 
someone like Wolves need to make a 10 point gap on them. Is that going to happen? The, the only reason I say that is because Leicester play a lot of the teams who are in and around this and their form is not very good. So they could lose two in a row. It just takes two. There are five points. No, they're not that many points off. Wolves and United, eight points. And if yeah. it gets close, United and Leicester play at the last game of the season. So mm. I, w- I would hold on to that. Chelsea have a tough run in too. Yeah, but we know, we know, we know Leicester step up against United, you know. A couple of, couple of goals are in there, maybe five or six or whatever this time. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you look, that band only works with Roche, not me. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie, though, I... If, if Leicester and Chelsea do stay fourth, and, and let's say United are in the battle for fifth, who are you most scared of? Because for me, it's Wolves. I'm, I'm, I'm actually more concerned with Wolves than I am with Chelsea. I, well, I really... Chelsea, Chelsea, they're going to be either fourth or fifth, probably, right? I'm talking about the teams that are on the oh, same oh, below? behind you, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no. There's no, there is no single team that bothers me outside of Wolves. Not, not yeah. one. Would be, would be so gone. good for Wolves to make the champion. Oh, it just man. would be nice. Kind It'd actually like be fine. Like they'd be all right in a group stage. They'd be yeah. better than Leicester. Actually, no. Leicester went to the quarterfinals or something like that, right? Like that, that after they won the league or something. Yeah, but they had bosses like Danny Drinkwater in the team. <laughs> Did you say bosses? Yeah. <laughs> that was good. But yeah, I mean, at the bottom of the table, Bournemouth lost, Villa lost, Norwich lost, right? So all, I think Norwich lost, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so all, all, nothing has changed down there. West Ham are still equal points to 18th, but still outside the relegation zone. Watford got a very, very important point, actually, versus Leicester at the end there. Yep. Newcastle smashed uh, uh, Sheffield United to put themselves within reach of the Europa League. And in the yes. spot that Arsenal, in the spot that Arsenal will finish up the season. I really don't want to finish in the, in the Europa League spots. I really don't. Want. It's um, Burnley, Arsenal forty points, Burnley thirty nine, Everton, Newcastle thirty eight. Think and, and Southampton thirty seven. Think about how much fun we make of Everton and Newcastle, and they're like a point or two away from us. It's I'm, unreal. It's, it's, it's the greatest. greatest and Brighton literally life. jumped out of the relegation zone because of us. <laughs> they, they've only won like three games or something, and they beat you twice. <laughs> yeah, they won seven. Two, half, two of them, which is like a, more than a quarter of their wins, are come against us. Oh, man. Anyway. It's really great stuff. Yeah. What, a, what, what a bizarre season. Like, by far, the weirdest season any of us have ever lived in. Exactly. But that's all, all right. All right. Fortunately, well, there'll be about 52 new games to talk about next week. So we will see everyone then. See you then. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at under underscore the kosh. And for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com.